Hello, unfiltered friends. Today we have on Jenna Kramer, country singer, actress, mom, advocate, and also someone I used to date back in the day. I had a very interesting short stint uh, dating her, and it was connected to a story that a lot of you know about. And it was really good to get clarity on that, get her perspective. Super intelligent human being. If you enjoy this episode, make sure you reach out to her, but also make sure you follow, rate, and review Unfiltered Friends. And without further ado, here is Jana Kramer. Welcome to the Unfiltered Friends podcast. Before we introduce you to our next friend, I want you to take a moment to think about everything that led you to where you are right now. Do you see how strong you are? Do you see how great your story is? I hope you do. And I hope you learn great lessons and get inspired by our next friend's story on the Unfiltered Friends podcast. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. We don't want to waste any of that. No, 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 no. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, after researching all this stuff, I was like, everything that she was saying to me, everything that you were warning me about made so much sense. It sounded like it sounded like a movie at that point in time. You're like, escape me. And now now I understand why. But we'll 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 get into that. But hello. Hi. Hi. So I don't know on what planet people would connect me and you. Um <laughs> because <laughs> we are obviously in like different places and do different things, but also are very similar people. I'm finding yeah. our connection back then after researching everything that you've done makes a whole lot of sense. I think that you and I share a lot of commonality, um, which is probably why we got along so well, pretty much immediate. Like the, the memories of that time are kind of fuzzy because it was a long yeah. time ago and a lot of life has happened since then. So I'm, I really, I just want to dive into like your, your version of events <laughs> from back then. But I guess first tell people for the uninitiated, like who you are and, and what is it that you do? You do a lot. You do all of the things. <laughs> Um, my name is Jana Kramer. Uh, I'm a mom first and foremost. Um, I have a podcast called wind down. Um, I act, I sing, I, uh, make wine. I, um, I, I write, um, I just, I, yeah, I kind of throw darts and see what sticks. Yeah. I, I support my kids and, um, I hustle for them. So, yeah, you, you, you are in so many different directions, but when I met you, you were one of my tables at, <laughs> it was Saddle Ranch, right? I think I was working at- Wait, wait, didn't I work there too? Did you work at, wouldn't you know if you worked at Saddle Ranch? <laughs> I had so many jobs, I don't, and I didn't keep them for long. I don't, wait, um, I don't think I did. I but feel I, like you were like out on the patio area. Yeah. Were you with your mom? You're I was with either with my mom or my friend Deanna. I don't remember. I, Neither. I feel like was I might have. Yeah. It was my mom. You're right. It was it my was. mom. How do I remember that? <laughs> yeah. No, it was my mom. Yeah. And we were just talking and I don't remember like how it went beyond. I, I, maybe I talked about music. I'm not even sure because while I was friendly with my tables, 
and you know you're you're pretty so like that would have <laughs> really really appealed to to 24 year old 24 was i 24 24 what year was it it was like 2005 6 in that range okay yeah i don't even remember how like what did we start talking about i don't know because i wasn't really in music then did you, were you trying to act too no. And that's why when you started popping up as a country person, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Because <laughs> I don't remember us really talking about that. Oh, in fact, I feel didn't. like we talked majority about me singing. Yeah. I remember. Did I play piano for you? Oh, yes, you did. That's because of like my. I vaguely remember meeting you at Saddle Ranch, but my like the memory that sticks out to me the most with like us was I was sitting on your bed and I can literally imagine it. Mm -hmm. The bed, like the head was here, <laughs> you were there. And then your piano was to the left of the bed. Oh my God. You're bringing and, me back to an old apartment. Okay. I remember yeah, this. I just remember, I think it was in the morning after, you know, we just cuddled, right? <laughs> yeah. It was, we were just high-fiving throughout the evening. High-fiving all night long. <laughs> and, um, and you got up and you started playing. And I just remember like, you were so like, you were so good too. Like oh, you were so good. Thank you. And I was like, wow, he's amazing. But I also remember you being so nice. Oh, so there's a, there's the line of questioning for, for me is, and I actually still kind of run into this because I am emotionally available. Yeah. I, I communicate Yes. Um, I'm consistent. That's just like part of my nature. I care about people. Amazing. Are you kidding me? Like that's like every girl's dream. You would yeah. think I terrify women. I yeah. do in my, well, we both have a history, I think of choosing people who maybe aren't the best. And I want to commend you on something that I did read that you said is that some of the reasons that you chose those people you owned your part of it. You owned the part that you were um, in an unhealthy mindset. So you chose unhealthy people. And yeah. I think I did the same back then. But mm -hmm. why, from your perspective, at, as someone who used to have an unhealthy mindset and would choose unhealthy people, yeah. why would someone like me, who is those things, why would that scare you? Can you put yourself in that mindset? Sure. Well, it's, you know, it's so interesting. And I've been trying to figure this out with my therapist too, where, cause they say unavailable attracts unavailable mm -hmm. and healthy attracts healthy and un unhealthy attracts unhealthy. But like, when I look at you, I'm like, I don't see you as, and in that moment too, like I was way unhealthy. You weren't like you, like you said, like, and you've always showed up like mm -hmm. consistent and you communicate. And like, that is literally, um, a dream but I don't know. I think there's something where it's like, if you were to ask yourself, like, are you really available or are you like, why are you picking unavailable? I think the question is like to flip it. So it's like, why are you picking unavailable women mm. or women that aren't healthy? How dare you flip this on me? <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I actually have an answer for it now that I did not discover until last year. Yeah. Uh, I was dating somebody, um, 
for a short period of time, she went on to, she uh, half dumped me to go on a reality show that involves roses. And that's as far as into that story as I'm going. Can I just say something about that? Cause I know who it is and I know who you're talking about. I just, I'm not, we won't say her name, but knowing now, like just kind of like what I've seen, like that again would be like repeating, like, I'm so glad y'all didn't end up together because yes. like, I just, though she portrays herself as like, I'm so open and like, I, I think there's so much still to unpack for her stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think um, that's just an aspect of being human. And I try not to be judgmental. I try to put myself where I was when I was in an, <laughs> in an unhealthier mindset. Um, so the reason I brought up your looks and I said, especially 24 year old me is I would validate myself through the pursuit of very beautiful women. So mm -hmm. it was, I think the fact that you and I connected so strongly beyond that was an outlier and it was wonderful, but I think I would go for beautiful women. And she was an example of that. I would also go for emotionally unavailable people because what kind of therapy were you doing or have you done? I've done it all from EMDR to experiential to trauma therapy to, I mean, literally every yeah. gambit therapy that you could possibly like. Right. So with please, please help my brain and my, <laughs> well, just like snap me or like shake me with something. <laughs> Cause you don't, you, you feel like desperate to stop repeating, but you also are very much who you are. And that is, it's like, I don't know how to be anything else. My first bout with therapy was EMDR, which I did not realize was kind of jumping in the deep end, but that's kind of how I live my life. And when we first started to isolate what my negative core belief was, it was that I was worthless. Yeah. So, and so you're going to pick girls that make you feel worth, worthless. No, I'm going no? to, no, I would pick girls who were tough to get so that I could prove myself worthy to them. Yeah, 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 That's that was mine, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a conquest. I would find some of the meanest women that you could possibly find. Was I mean? Was I no, mean? No, you were wonderful. You really were. Like, I don't know how this many years later, you're still there, you know? Like, I still remember a lot of that. And I think it's interesting that you and I connected, not reconnected, not because necessarily we were thinking about each other, but because I had a member of my community was like, hey, you should reach out to this girl. I think that you guys would be a good match for each other. <laughs> and then all these like old memories started like flooding back in. And I was like, oh my God, I remember her. And I remember what it, it was very brief though, back yeah, then. A couple of months, right? So let's just get into like, why it was brief. <laughs> I mean, let me just, let me just say this though, too. I oh. can relate so much to like where you're at. And I think, so like when you asked me the original question, like why, because I need that same, like to know that, like, for example, this one guy that I dated this summer, the very first thing he said to me, he's like, I want to want someone. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, he's now my, like, I want to be the girl that he chooses the girl mm. that like, but he was never going to choose me. He was never going to choose the next girl. Like, and, but I'm like, I did everything. I like, you know, I um, started to, you know, just things that I'm like, I don't, I don't like this, but yet I'm like, okay, great. It totally, no, all good. Like you don't have to call me for a week. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, yes. Like just to be like this cool, like, which, you know, I am like 
cool. But like, there's certain things I'd be like, no, I don't like, I don't like that. But I wanted to like, I wanted to, to be like, if I get him, then I am so worthy of like, Oh um, my God. I feel like that's part of the reason why you and I connected so hard is because like, it seems like it's that, it's that inner thing that just, you just want to feel embraced by someone worthy of someone and so you put so many of your own wants, needs, and desires on the back burner in order to keep them. And I had this realization recently. I was dating a girl who was an avoidant, which was different than a narcissist. That was a good step. <laughs> Baby steps. We're doing our best. And since I like to talk about my feelings with someone and communicate directly and avoidance don't like that, I would ask her about her feelings and then she would disappear for two or three days at a time. And I even created this whole system. I was like, even if you can't form words, send me this emoji to let me know that you're going to disappear for a few days. And I, and I did that and then she actually utilized it. And I was like, you know, I am creating a system so that now I don't feel safe so she can. And then if I communicate, um, I feel safe and she doesn't. And sometimes you just have to be okay with being like, this just isn't it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you want it to be because you idealize. Would you say that you do? You see the potential and then you fall in love with that person. Oh, for sure. I've fallen in love with potential over the actual person one too many times. So what did but you again, learn? From, it's yeah. Like it's that like chase of the guy because it's like the guy that I was hanging out with in the summertime. I would have never wanted to actually be in a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't have the potential of him, sure, but like not the actual. But again, it was the like, if, because I've never felt chosen or worthy. And then the guys like you that come in, like that want to choose me. I'm like, no, 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 this is scary. This is foreign. Like, I don't deserve this because mm -hmm. I've been told I don't deserve this. Mm -hmm. Do you realize you deserve that now? I do, but it's still hard. Like it's still, I'm not going to lie. Like it's still very foreign and I don't, it's, um, it's just different for me. Like I, I like baby steps. For sure. So what do you do? I know that I finally deserve it. That's like, that's the huge thing. That, I just got that. I know I don't deserve abuse. I know I don't deserve, you know, unhealthy communication, X, Y, and Z. But it's still like when I start to be around a different mold of a human that has the, the positive things that I do want in someone, I'm like, this feels unsafe. This feels weird. Yeah. You, you, you are so used to chaos. So I actually started reading this book. And if you haven't, I really recommend it. It's called The Big Leap. Have you read that book? Oh, I'm gonna write it down now. The Big Leap. So it talks about this concept of upper limiting and I am working currently with a business coach, but this can also be applied to your relationships. So what you're okay. experiencing is something called upper limiting. You have experienced a certain level of happiness within the context of your relationships, right? You experience a certain amount of love and appreciation. When you experience an excess of that, it's uncomfortable because you don't feel like you deserve it. That's the upper limiting part. So you do things to sabotage your own happiness, to bring yourself back down to the level you think you deserve. Does that ring true? Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so what can you say to yourself in those moments where you want to sabotage or run or whatever that looks like for you? What could you say to yourself in those moments? I think it's just like re um, like, I think it's just telling yourself the truth and then also, or speaking truth to yourself, but then just like, for me, like I have to take my time. I have to baby step into the next relationship because if not, like 
I'll go back to my old patterns of like falling fast and falling for the wrong one and not seeing the things that like are big red flags. Mm -hmm. So what are red flags now? Can you identify them? Do you still pick people that wear red flag shirts? (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) Good. Um, Let, you know, just um, lack of communication, lying. I mean, that was a big one dated someone last year that just straight up lied. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. You know? So there's, there's definitely certain things in the very beginning where I'm just like, I'm going to tell you all my truth and it's not going to be pretty and it's going to be ugly, but Mm. I'm going to want the same amount of respect and truth back and honesty. Have you, have you always been vulnerable like that and and open like that? Or is this something you developed? You tell me what was my, what was my 20 something year old self? You and I bled vulnerability all over each other. (laughs) Now I have a healthier level of vulnerability now. Not everyone gets to see all of those things. I'll be honest. I'll be straightforward with who I am, but I'm also going to be like, Hey, I got to see it from, I I keep running into people who expect the healed version of me while they do nothing to work on themselves. And I'm not down for that anymore. So I just, it's not that I'm holding back. It's that I'm remaining cautiously optimistic about the person that I'm sitting across from. So that's like what my therapist said too. Like she says, like, whenever I go on like a date, she's like, don't, you don't have to give them all of Jana, give them the honest version of Jana, but don't, you don't have to give them all of Jana. Like you don't need to share about, you know, the abuse on the first date or the, like what she's like, just, she's like, you can hold some pieces sacred to you. And in time, like you can Mm -hmm. share more. She's like, you don't need to give all of yourself. Like you don't have to prove like, this is why this is who I am. She's like, they can be on the stand. Like stop putting yourself on the stand. Yeah. I feel like that also breaks down to the worthiness thing. You know, I actually did another podcast with with my buddy, Joe, who I've known since probably around the time I met you. And Joe was like, yeah, you just met me. And uh, you were like, here's some of my most traumatic moments and like handed it to me. (laughs) And he was like, I just loved how open you were. And I was like, ah, but that was also me trying to audition to be worthy enough to be around you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you, uh, how do wait, how, what did say- I, wait, what did I say to you? Like, it was so brief. I think, did I disappear? Okay. Let's get into this story because <laughs> it's like a fever dream. I didn't think it was real because. Oh, so sorry. I, I don't remember, but I have like this weird feeling like I just fucking ghosted. Did you, did you live in the apartment that was right by the entrance of Runyon Canyon? Fuller. Yeah. The green ones like up fuller. Mm -hmm. I remember I was at your place and you started telling me about a guy and this must've been right after it all happened that you were, I, I now know married to at one point. And you basically told me that I needed to run away from you because if I stayed around, there was a possibility that he would kill me. I think I remember something about him driving a Porsche Mm -hmm. and you said, look out for a Porsche when you leave. And I remember freaking out. So please fill in the blanks for me. Wait. Oh my God. I, I'm like vaguely remembering this. So, cause I had just gotten out of my abusive relationship, Mm -hmm. um, not just, but like recently he hadn't been, um, he hadn't been arrested yet. Uh, he was kind of like on the run. There was a warrant up for his arrest. And I vaguely remember getting a text saying like, you're with another guy. And now at this point, again, like we had, you know, he tried to kill me and then, uh, 
worn out for his arrest. And um, yeah, something happened where I was like, I think you were there and I was like, you have to, did I say you have to go or something you, or you yeah. ba- like, and, and looking at, at like what happened and we can get into that. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. You just had this, we were having such a good time. And I just remember you just went into full panic and you were just so worried about something bad happening to me at that point in time. Yeah. I mean, I was scared of him. I mean, I, he obviously was capable of abusing me for the last year. I'm like, and he was a scary person. And I, you know, um, I, I remember before he'd get arrested, I'd call the cops. I'm like, he's on my street. Um, by the time they show up, he wouldn't be there. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't want you to be involved in my mess. Yeah. Like I wanted to like, you know, cause again, like we had such a great time and I felt very safe with you, but also it was so like, I knew that it was going to be, I knew I needed a years to work on my stuff. Like you were mm-hmm. too good a guy to like get you in that web of stuff, but also like, yeah, I was scared of this dude for you. Yeah. Or, yeah, I, man, I remember the one thing I do remember about that time is how heartbroken I was at that point in time. Cause one, I also was still like idealizing you. I probably didn't know you well enough to be as attached as I was at that point in time. But I just remember feeling so sad. And then I remember going to the movies and my friend was like, hey, let's go see this new movie that's coming out. And she wanted to go see Click with me. And I'm sitting in the audience and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, and you were getting married, I think, in 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 that in that movie. And I was just like, I'm fine. I'm not going to tell her I was on a date. So I was like, (laughs) (laughs) so I was like, yeah, I'm still kind of heartbroken over this person in front of me. But yeah, I, I remember, I remember, I remember wanting to kind of like fight for it and still be in your corner because that's my nature. But I also, you just, yeah, at that point you made the decision for me and I had to let you go because you kind of disappeared. I, and I, I remember that. And there was a part, I do remember wanting to reach. I think I actually did maybe reach back out to you. I either one time, to, one time. Yeah. I do remember but that. I, I felt like a part of me, like I wanted to like, see like, if you would want to date me again, but I was so like, why would he want to date me? I'm, I'm like this, you know, just got out of this abusive relationship. He probably thinks I'm crazy. Like, you know, I made him run from this like dude. And so a part of me was like, I had a lot of shame around that. I was like, Oh, he probably would never want to date me again. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. I was like, I vaguely remember reaching out to kind of like test the waters, but I don't think that you, I think you were like done with me at that point. It's very possible that I was also in a relationship. So sure. crazy me respecting the fact that I'm in a relationship and not talking to the girl I was infatuated with previously, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I figured it was, I've never cheated in my life. I, I wasn't going to start now, you know, and that would have even, even just responding to you would have felt inappropriate, not cheating, but definitely inappropriate. Like cheating has a different definition for a lot of people. And I have one, if I was doing what I'm doing right now in front of my partner, would they have a problem with it? If the answer is yes, that is cheating in the context of that relationship. I agree with you. Yeah. (sighs) How you doing? Good. But I got to tell you, I was so excited when I believe you DM'd me. I did. Um, I didn't and think I was, you would respond. Oh, I was like, whoa, it was pretty immediate I, too. I mean, I definitely, I go through my DMs pretty much every day and just kind of like scroll to like, see, you know, what, what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And there's actually been a few that I've become friends with just, you know, some people that have needed words of encouragement. And I'm like, all right, if I can. So what I do every day is at least try to reach out to one person that's DM'd me and be like, Hey, like you got this or, you know, whatever, when they share their story. But, um, then I saw your message and I was just like, Oh my God. And I think I even DM'd you back. Like what a blast from the past. Cause I've always like, you've always had like such a special place because you were such a good guy. Like you were so sweet. <laughs> and I was just so happy to see like how, you know, how well you've been doing. And the only thing though, was I was like, I wish you still were doing, I mean, I, I don't know if you're still doing music or not, but I just, I'm like, I, you had such a gift that I'm like a little piece. I was like, oh, I wish he would have like followed through with that. I mean, you get you get this as well as I get this, that the music industry has a really good way of making you hate doing music. And that's what happened to me. You feel like you suck too. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was a comparison thing. Um, I did, I did with the YouTube stuff, pursue it for a long time, uh, for, for several years. And then I ended up homeless because I was chasing this dream. And it, it's hard to make money, especially when you don't have any backing. Like I was just, I was doing like multi-track acapella stuff, like pentatonic stuff. I still geek out on that. Just like building all these like elaborate harmonies. It's so cool, but I couldn't eat. <laughs> It just, yeah. You know, I was yeah. on the street like it wasn't I was on the street with several hundred thousand YouTube subscribers. It was a wild experience. I just had to get real at that point in time. I miss singing. Well, I am though. really proud of you, though, for everything that you have been doing. And I was just like so pumped to reconnect. So Yeah, well, I mean, I would love to look through my DMs, but I've been suspended twice this month. What do you mean? I'm suspended on Instagram right now. Um, for I got suspended three weeks ago and I've been suspended for a week now and I can't get any answers from anybody as to why I have friends that work at meta who are trying to reach out for me, but uh, I don't know what's going. I definitely don't post problematic stuff. I'm pretty much the same person that you met (laughs) a long time ago, just like a lot calmer now, but yeah, I'm not sure what's (laughs) what's going on. So I actually got your email about 10 minutes before I got suspended, which I'm so glad for because I had already set everything up. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not sure that we would be talking. Oh, wow. Dang. Yeah. Well, sorry to hear that. Yeah, well. So are you are you dating anyone now or what's, what's going on with you? I'm trying. Um, yeah. What I've noticed is uh, as I start, as I've been like really healing those parts of me that like, don't feel like I deserve to be loved. Uh, don't f- feel like I have to prove myself to people. A- and I start to identify my own issues. I can see it in other people. And while I don't blame them for where they are, I also know that it doesn't make a healthy relationship. You know, yeah. like I don't expect anyone to be perfect. I'm not perfect. But if you don't have those like basic building blocks, which for someone like me, it needs to be like someone who, is in touch with their emotions, emotionally yeah. intelligent, wants yeah. to talk through it. Like say like you, like when you were going through all your stuff, if you had just been like, this is my reality and gave me the option to accept or reject it, I would have yeah. stayed because I wanna be a support system for my partner. Uh, that's why I coach, that's why I give advice, that's why I do public speaking is because I wanna take my lessons and I want to 
in, and, and I want to be that solid. I had that upbringing where like I was raised in a household with two loving parents that communicate and like, I think that makes it harder for me to date too, because I've seen what healthy looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I very much, I've kind of like made peace with the fact that I might not ever be a dad. Um, Wait, how old are you? I'm 40. 40. I'm 40. Yeah. Don't do that. You have plenty of time. Right. Well, I'm not making it, like, it's not that I don't have you plenty of time. I would love to be a dad. I was a stepdad for a couple, for a couple years and that was one of the most rewarding things I ever did. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved being a dad. But if I can't find someone solid to make, a, the making of the child part is not the complicated part. It's even if me and whoever I made the child with were no longer romantically connected, I would want to know that there's someone that I could co-parent successfully. And the focus would be on making sure that the child had the best experience. And I am running into a lot of like ego and emotional unavailability. And that's just not something I'd like to procreate with, if that makes sense. I think it's hard too, because like in the dating world, especially like with apps and stuff, you can just keep swiping till you find like something prettier, shinier, mm-hmm. more successful. And I think that's like, that's, that's a dangerous place to be too, because you're just never going to be, you're always going to be like, Ooh, is there something prettier or shinier or mm-hmm. like grass here? So that's, I, I uh, think people mistake options for good options. Just because mm-hmm. someone's like, you probably have tons of people in your DMS that would hook up or waste your time for six months, but -hmm. how many of them would actually be a good partner? But if you're not in a place to receive that, which I completely understand, then you run, you run from that. I mean, you're not, you're not, you're not ready for it. Mm -hmm. I think I'm definitely like getting there. It's one of those where I'm just like, it's again, it's a baby step thing. And just like, I think I'm so, um, cautious now of people's intentions and Mm. uh, they really are. And what's, because I've been fed so many uh, beginning lies that I'm like, okay, is this, is he lying? Like, is this the truth? And so I think it's just like, I just have to take my time with things and not move, move fast. And, but no, I mean, I, I'm a companionship girl. I love to be in a relationship. I love companionship. I love being with, I like sharing things with, you know, someone else. And, um, but I've definitely, have noticed in this season that I'm in just like really taking things baby, like turtle slow, which is good for me. Yeah. You have to, because everybody can maintain an image for a certain amount of time, but the truth always comes out. And if you're anything like me, you see through it. Oh yeah. 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 Well, and people show you who they are. So with mm-hmm. me, I just have to believe it. And that's the mm-hmm. thing I never, I'm always just like, Oh no, it's just because of this. That. And it's like, I have to stop making excuses for people's actions. It's like, they show you who they are. Mm-hmm. And, but also these are people that have to be okay with dating someone who is high profile and dates publicly. Cause I mean, there's a lot of information about your previous relationships. How is that? How is d- dating with everyone just meddling in everything that you do all the time? Um, I mean, I've definitely, there's been a, a few guys that I've dated that were like, Hey, like, just so you know, like, I don't ever want to be like, public. And I, I, I would want to ha- keep a low profile. I'm like, that's, that's actually fine. Like it's, I'm, I'm okay with that. Now a piece of me is like one day when I do find my love, like I want to be able to be like, Hey, like you can be in just like 
turmoil and darkness and then like find love again. Like I, I would love to like be a part of like, and have that be a part of my story and, and share that. But if, you know, the person that I end up with, like wants to keep things private, like I, I want to respect that too. Like, um, but I think it's, I've also learned for the next go around, like not to share as much stuff because I think that affected my first marriage or I shouldn't say first marriage <laughs> affected my last marriage um, with my husband because, or ex-husband, because, you know, there was just so much out there to get picked on by media mm-hmm. that it just gets messy. And um, yeah, so I think I'm definitely going to hold I'm not going to go on my podcast and be like, we got into a fight about like, I don't want people in our business as much as it was with my last. How did those opinions or perspectives or things people wrote affect your actual relationship? Um, weirdly, it actually didn't, but it wouldn't now. Like I protected my ex, even though we talked about things so much, I felt like I still protected him to a point where, um, I didn't say like the full, full of things, even though we did disclose a lot of stuff, but, um, is this Mike Cawson? Is that how you say his last name? So you were a book with him. We did. Okay. I would love for you to describe the feeling behind the smile that you just had as I said that. Uh, Cause it's, it's actually, the smile is more like it's, it sucks because that book was something that I was so excited to be able to go like, look, you can go through a, you can be in a, a marriage with affairs and still make it work. And that book was supposed to be the, the, the testament of that. And it became his parts weren't the truth because he was cheating on me while he was writing that book. And with a lot of people. Well, I don't know the number of this go around the first go around. Yes. But the last go around, I only know, you know what I know now, but um, you had two, you had two go arounds with him. We've had a plenty of go arounds. <laughs> we had a, we had a few go arounds, but yeah, I mean that book was um, it was tough. Like because I I would have loved to have celebrated that book for years to come and mm-hmm. been like, yeah, like this is how you can work through. Because I believe people can change. I believe people can grow and and things can heal. And it just was a bummer that um, we couldn't do that together. How how do you how do you differentiate between the potential in somebody and and the truth of who they are you because like it seems like you wanted to believe that he was this person he was sure. obviously not being true about that how do you how do you tell the difference i mean looking back now i'll say this i mean when i found out everything in the very beginning of our marriage um it was a year in and i found out about multiple affairs I couldn't have to this day, if I would have left then, I would have always in my mind wondered if he could have not cheated again, or if we could have made it work. And I think I stayed a little longer than I should have fighting for it because it was apparent by the second time, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh mistake or mishap that I'm like, okay, they're showing you who they are. Believe them. them. Yep. (laughs) 
And for me, but it was every time it was like, oh, but I'm going to get baptized or I'm going to do this. Or like, I promise I'll never do it. And it's like that promise of something like, okay, maybe this is the time that he's going to really change. And I had two kids and it's like, I didn't want to, I grew up in a divorced family and I didn't want that for my children. And I didn't want to have to separate holidays. And I, you know, I, I didn't want that for my children and, or the, the, the story that I, the fairy tale that I believed in my brain that, you know, I, I wanted the, the family too. And by the last time I was just like, that's when, you know, that people always say like, you know, how'd you know to leave? And I go, for me, it's like, there comes a point when you will just not be able to continue another day with this person because it's going to hurt worse to stay than leave. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was awful leaving and, and, you know, it's, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, but, um, you know, and, and even when we got divorced, he's like, I'll never do it again. And I'm like, you know what? Good. I hope good luck to the next person. Cause don't I'm like, I again. don't even care. You know what I mean? Like for the yeah. first time, I'm like, great. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, you constantly like pour your cup into this and there had to have been times before the last time where you wanted to remove yourself from the situation. What or no. I mean, so many times. Um, but again, it was just like, I, I believe people can grow and heal and change. And, you know, maybe, okay, maybe if you do this retreat, this will be better, uh, you know, whatever. But um, knowing, you know, what I know now, it's just when that pattern continues, like that's just a big flag to walk away. Mm-hmm. Do you? So say someone is going through something similar. I call them rerun relationships. And that's why I say the phrase currently, I don't do reruns. And I don't, because I don't believe that the behavior changes that rapidly and it doesn't change for you. They have to want to change for themselves. But say someone is in that murky area of a relationship that is kind of like spinning in circles with the same mistakes. What kind of advice would you give to someone who is trying to figure out do I continue to pour into this or do I walk away from this? Cause to me, it sounds like you went until you had nothing left. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend that approach or what kind of questions can these people ask themselves so that they themselves know when to remove themselves or when to continue? Sure. For me, it's, um, I don't ever want to live with a regret, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, if I would have left in the beginning, the very first time I would have regretted not giving it a shot. Cause I would have always wondered if he could have changed. I don't regret staying as long as I did. I wish I would have left sooner, but I don't regret staying as long as I did. And to the people, um, you know, that are in that situation, I would just say like, <sighs> for me personally, Like, I just know that, how do I say this? Like, it's like, I really hate like the whole regret thing. And it's like, you know, I had my second kid, you know, with him. And that was, you know, that was a tough one because I I wanted to leave. But I think when words and actions don't match up, you have to just be very, uh, clear with that. And, and, you know, and if you keep seeing a pattern where words and actions don't match up, that's going to be a, a long struggle. And I know for me personally, like once trust is broken, I can't stay in that relationship because I tried, like, even with, um, I repeated, like you said, like uh, I repeated something with someone 
one of my first relationships post-divorce and he lied to me about something. And, you know, I should have left right, right then, because I know that that pattern of someone lying isn't the kind of man I want to be with a, and also like who I am in a relationship that I can't trust someone is not a good person. Like, I'm just like, I'm, I get controlling. I get like, question, you know, just like always like wondering. And it's like, I don't like that feeling. And I don't want that in my body anymore. Like I want to full, like my whole heart trust someone. And I can't wait for that moment where I can just be like, I, I know that man would never cheat on me. Like, because you actually, I can actually trust someone. And if like, you don't have that feeling with someone, like there will be someone that will hold your heart, protect you, make you feel safe and, or help you feel safe. And you know, that won't hurt you, mm-hmm. but, but you I don't know. You have to believe you have to believe it within yourself. And sometimes when you have so many things that have validated that feeling within yourself, it's kind of hard to see anything else. I mean, oh, for sure. And even like when I got divorced too, like one of my things, I mean, I was crying on my bed, being like, no one's ever gonna want to be with me or love me, or like it's like that's just not the truth. You know, yeah. it's just but in that moment, I felt it. And in the moment, I have a girlfriend going through a divorce right now. And she's like, I'm, you know, I'm a mom of two kids and no one's going to love me. And I'm like, there will be someone that will love you. Like it might not be tomorrow, but like you need to love yourself. And then I promise you, like, there will be someone that like values, loves you, that you, that deserves you. And, um, but it's, yeah, it's hard when you've been, been told over and over that like, you don't deserve it. Yeah. You've been told that, or you just believed it. Both. Who told you that you didn't deserve it? Well, I mean, starts for me of childhood stuff, you know, my dad. So he told you that you weren't deserving of love. Well, the message that I got. So he left, he cheated on my mom, mm-hmm. went, you know, married the the mistress. Um, so the message that I got was I'm not good enough for a man to stay around. I'm not worthy of like my father's love. And so that was the, you know, the childhood stuff that I took with me into my male relationships and with my ex-husband. And he'll even say this too, like he was very mean with his words. So he would say things that he wouldn't, that would really hurt. But I then believe those things. Why would he say mean things to you? Like in your opinion now? Um, well, I mean, it was actually something just came up the other day too, where it's, I, he would say something and I'm just like, you still cut real deep with your words, you know? And it's like, I don't know why. Um, but um, I think, you know, that's his piece of his brokenness that he has to work out. Mm-hmm. It's all Whenever I someone says something mean now or acts in that way, it's all a mirror about how they feel about themselves. Mm. And that's kind of what I know. I'm just like, and, and so in my mind, instead of going like, how could you say that? It's like, in my mind, I go, I'm really sorry that that's how they feel about themselves. Ooh, that's a huge, I'm so proud of you. That's a huge realization. I hope you're proud of yourself for getting to that point. Meanwhile, but yeah. I, I fully believe that now. So, cause I don't think it's, it's not in people's, it's not, and I don't think anyone's just be like me. And so I'm like, there must be something they're dealing with. They're going through what they believe in themselves to be mean to other people. Mm-hmm. So that's why like, even like with haters now, like, cause I get, you know, plenty of haters and it's like, I'm, I'm sad for them. And I pray that, you know, whatever they're going through, they can, you know, um, be happier, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's not about me. It's about. Them. So one of the main purposes of, me having this podcast is to humanize the people that you see on your screens. I've interviewed a lot of really interesting people. 
uh, uh, and opened a lot of minds to those people. What are some of the most common misconceptions that you see said about you? I'd love for you to correct those. Um, that I'm a, that I'm a victim. That I always play the victim card. Um, and I think what I would say back to that is, for me personally, I just speak on my experiences to help other people. Um, mm. I have forgiven my ex. I have. I don't have any hatred towards him. Um, I'm not playing a victim. This is just the story and the cards that I've been dealt. So if I can help at times discuss or share my story to help other people, then yeah, I'm going to do it. And yes, some days I have hard days and I'm going to have a single mom moment where I might post a picture and be like, this is really hard because I just had to say, or because I don't get my kids on Christmas morning. Yeah. I'm going to have a really hard day that day. Mm -hmm. And that's not me playing a victim. That's just me being honest about my life. And I know that there's someone else on Christmas morning came to talk about it that won't have their kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, that is like, this is not a victim. This is just like, I'm, I'm a human and I have, um, I've gone through stuff and hopefully what I've gone through can help other people. And, um, you know, people are like, get over it, stop talking about it. Well, you know, I, I'm going to do podcasts and I'm going to, you know, share my experiences. And hopefully one day that'll give someone the strength to not be in a bad situation. The, uh, I call that pain into purpose. There you we go. Pain into purpose. The, yeah. You see this, this flag that's behind me right here. Uh-huh. Um, when, uh, and the paw print that's next to it. Um, oh, in 2017, I had my dog Wrigley uh, and we were living in North Hollywood and uh, she got loose and got hit by a car and died. And yes, and I had one of the most productive mental breakdowns you could ever have. I couldn't go home <laughs> because everything there reminds you of them. I just hopped in the car and I drove for three months. And I went to 34 cities and I went down the Amazon wish list of each a shelter in each city. And then I had my then YouTube fan base bring the items to donate. And that's how I spent my summer. And I want to really commend you because it takes a lot of strength while you're in pain to still help others. You had a choice to be an actual victim and sit and wallow and you didn't do that. Where does this strength come from to do that? Because it's a rare thing. I mean, I, I every time I, my kids, I mean, um, I want them to be proud. And, you know, again, it's, I'm not, I'll always say like, I'm never going to, I'm not trying to ever bash their dad or bash the, the men that I've been with. Um, I play very much a part in things too. And I can absolutely own my side of the street when, um, you know, I've been unhealthy as well. And I think um, for me, it's like, and having that part too. Yeah. I mean, like in saying like in my twenties, like, I'm so glad we didn't date because I was a cheater in my 20s after all that <gasps> stuff. I know. How dare awful. you? I know. And I'm so glad I, we didn't date for that reason because I probably would have cheated. This is quality. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I know. I know. And I, so it's like, I think, um, you know, it's like, I, for me, it's just kind of showing that, like, you can go through bad things and still come out on the other side. And 
yeah, I've know I've gone through my domestic violence with my first guy. wasn't the last time, unfortunately. But what I've learned is like there can be growth through all of that, mm-hmm. and um, and my strength goes. It's it's for my kids and and for other people that might not have the strength or might not see the outcome. Like I want to them to be able when they're in the wilderness and they're in the dark that there is hope. So like I'm like trying to be their strength for them when they're in the dark. When they're in the wilderness, I like that. I'm actually going to write that down. Um, I mean, you, you speak very openly about, about the domestic abuse that you experienced. Um, are you okay talking about like what happened and what you learned from it? Or is that off, off limits? I mean, the, the relationships after that one, I'm not sure if I want to speak on yet, but I mean, it definitely, the pattern continued, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, again, it was all just about like what I thought I deserved. And I remember I went to this retreat center in March of this year, March or April, April, and the hardest rock that, you know, we were all throwing all these shame messages. And I didn't realize, like, I thought like my ex had shame. So I'm like, I didn't cheat in the marriage. Like, you know, um, shame messages. Can you break that down for a sec? I don't know. Yeah, sure. So like, you know, um, so I thought like my ex was the one that had all those shame. Like, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a bad, a bad person cheated or whatever. But for me, I'm like, I don't have any shame. And then I realized I went to this place and I didn't realize all the shame messages. So like, um, not worthy, not good enough, um, not lovable, not deserving, like all these messages that I have been, that I've not really made up, but that I believe since childhood to the relationships, especially the domestic ones. And the last one that I, so my, my therapist was making me throw these rocks and then speaking the truth. And the hardest rock for me to throw was the abuse one. Cause it said, I deserve abuse. And for so many years, like I thought that's what I did deserve. Um, and I mean, I stared at the rock probably for a good 20 minutes. And I looked and I was like, I can't throw it. You couldn't throw the rock that would say that you don't deserve abuse. Yeah. It was like, that was like, I was like, holy shit. Like I didn't realize how stuck I was there. And that was like, so we did a lot of work around that. And then finally the last day, I mean, I fucking chucked that rock. Like I was Jenny from Forrest Gump. You know what I mean? Uh Like I just like like, chucked it, but yeah, that was like, that was a real tough one for me because I don't speak on it too much just because it's still like a heavy, heavy chapters in my life. And, um, but you know, now God, if anyone even flinches to try, I mean, I had this one guy which I won't speak his name, but like, he would like do the, like, pretend to like hit me. And I'm like, hit me. You know what I mean? Like, why? Yeah. It's, uh, it's just, that was his. Oh, hilarious. I love that. Yeah. Like, does he not, un- did he not know regardless he shouldn't yeah. do that, but did he not also understand that there's an added layer for you with a history of abuse? Well, but that that person also told me that I was the common denominator. So that's, oh. yeah. So that was, and that person I was with for a really long time and it was, um, and I'm not sure if I'm ready to share who that was. Okay. Um, maybe I'm like, I've, I've been writing something and I, I keep going back and forth with the editor. Like, do we keep that piece in? Do we not? But it's a big piece of my story. And I just, I'm still like, I think. I don't know. I, I think with how raw and vulnerable and honest you are, I mean, what would stop you from putting that information out there? 
it could be harmful to other people in my life. Mm, it's so complicated because it's never just, it's, there's so many other elements involved there. Yeah. Hmm. So, but you know, either way I, you know, I still speak on it because it is, you know, my truth. And, um, again, like where, where I lack strength, the people uh, knowing that there's people that are like, like I said, like in the wilderness and they're dark, like that's where like, that's what ignites my strength to be the person to be like, Hey, you can be on the other side. You can like, you can be deserving of love. Like you can, you can really feel it. And, you know, when I struggle with that, those feelings, I go to the people that speak truth into me, like my therapist or my, my closest girlfriends. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then again, like when I pick the next guy, it's, it's not picking the same lineup of the men that would make me feel those other things in my past. But you, you yourself say that you're not, you don't know that you're actually ready for that person, right? So, I'm open to it. So how, why don't we do this? This will be a fun exercise that will probably <laughs> help you. Who is that guy? I have him. I wrote it. I wrote it down in my Bible. Actually, I have, oh. a, I have a thing right here and I have, I wrote down exactly what I want in a man. And it's funny. Cause I'm like, even when I get sent that, I'm like, will I, will I allow it? Will I accept it? And I think that's again, where I just go like baby steps. Can you, can you just, I want you to describe him. I want to, I want to hear who he is. Can you tell me? Uh, honest, loyal, compassionate, loving, fun, um, spontaneous, um, loves God, um, and loves my children and, and, something you said too, that I always said, I was like, I want the person that I'm with to act as if I was next to him. Like, that's like, just to have that, like full, I don't ever want to look in a man's phone for the rest of my life ever. (laughs) That's what I want. Like, I want to literally be like, his phone could be in front of me for two weeks just, and I'd be like, I trust, like, I want that, like trust so bad that I could just be like, I know that man would never. So how do you, how do you change? How do you change that? Because if you keep repeating it, you can't change what they do, but you can change what you do. So what can you change in order to make that a more tangible reality for yourself? Um, having a better picker. What does, that even, what does that mean? What is a better bit like in your case? <laughs> what is a better picker? So not dating this one guy that or still trying to get the attention from this one guy that will be a forever bachelor. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to, to prove my worth to him. It's the guy that is like, Hey, I'd love to see you and, um, would love to take you on a date. And then after that date calls me and says, I don't want you to ever question how I feel. And I want you to know that I like you. And I just want to like, you know, talk to you. It's like just that openness and like honesty and be like, wow. And that would maybe like, I'd be like, okay, I just need to go really slow. Um, and yeah. And then just like, like I have a dating coach, her name's Brienne. And she's just like, for me to like, cause she's like, you just have to go slow because it's, it's foreign. Those things are very foreign to you. You don't usually get a man that communicates their emotions to you like that. So it might feel suffocating or like, <gasps> mm-hmm. so I also like love my space now. Like I really, yeah. truly. Yeah. So like, you're you're pretty much speaking to my experience where I'm the guy who communicates his feelings. Um, how 
how do you stay honest with that stress that you feel, that anxiety that you feel, while also still staying present with that person? Because you're going to have times who, with someone like that, where you're going to probably freak out. Yeah. How do you, on your end, do you communicate through that? So I told someone that I've been like speaking to, again, I've just been super honest. I'm like, I love, like, I'm going to be open with you, but like, I need my space. I, and I, again, I just, I, I keep going back to it, but like, I have to go slow. Like I just, it, it needs to just go very slow for me. So that way I have the time because I think I'm so gun shy of people's intentions that I'm like, I want to make sure you're not just like wanting to hang out with me because you want Instagram followers like the last guy or, you know, like I, I just like, I need to go like private and slow. Mm-hmm. And well, then, and then it might feel more natural too. But this is when you, this is when, but you're speaking from a perspective where you're not triggered. Yeah. How do you, how will you communicate that while you're feeling the feeling and that panic? Oh, so I've become a really good communicator with like where I'm at almost to the point where I'm actually like, no, I'm not like, I'm proud of myself for how I've communicated like this one. um, I went on this one date with this one guy and he was very like spiritual, like the body that moves in me. I'm just like, ah, it's not my thing. You know what I mean? And normally (laughs) I would just like, I just couldn't do it. Like it was, he's just like my masculine body. And I was just like, all right that's great. Love that you're in a masculine King energy, but like, I, 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 I am not, this is, this is just not going to work for me. So instead of ghosting, I'm, and I will just be like, Hey, just, you know, things aren't aligning or whatever. And like, so I think, and when I do get triggered, um, with other things, like I have, a, am very good at communicating it now. Yeah. And then just going, I need a, I need a beat. That whole that whole idea of masculine and feminine as uh, like especially the way that I see it portrayed now drives me absolutely bonkers. Because well, the, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say the guy said like he's like I'm just trying to like step into my king energy and like what you know not just masculine energy. He's like so what would a king do? He's like so he's like I've started to just sit down while I pee. <laughs> Like, By the way, I sit when I pee because it's more comfortable and I'm less likely to pee on the toilet seat. Okay, listen, leave me alone. That's fine if you're taking a dump, but like if you're always like just sitting, I don't know. I was just like, that's, I don't think why, that's what it would why do. Why do I not deserve <laughs> to feel comfortable? Plus, it's a lot harder to scroll TikTok or whatever at that point in time if I'm standing because I'm one hand's occupied and I also have to aim. How can I have a relaxed toilet experience if I have to stand every time. That's fine. But if you're talking about it from like your king or masculinity, like that's like where I'm just like. That's an insecure human. So this is something that I've told a lot of people because I also did like dating coaching for a while. What, What some women think that they're getting in a dominant man is actually an insecure man. Mm-hmm. They are portraying this image of of wealth and abundance with the things that they have. But then they get into a relationship with you and they feel the need to control everything that you do. That's mm-hmm. not dominant. That's insecure. Yeah. Secure would be allowing you to be exactly who you are and embracing that aspect of yourself and understanding that regardless of all that stuff, they're with you. Yeah. They, like that's, I think that, 
more men need to embrace the feminine aspects of being masculine. You know, yeah. it's called the divine masculine. So like I'm I'm considered effeminate because I express fe feelings and cry sometimes. And that that's just an archaic thing, but that's what people, a lot of people associate with like true masculine and beat their chest. But if true masculine doesn't yell, true masculine doesn't control, true masculine mm -hmm. exists and it can exist in a man or a woman or however you identify. Mm -hmm. And I think the idea of what a truly secure man looks like is really just really insecure people. Does that resonate? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe not buying into the BS is probably yeah. helpful no, too. It's a good tip. Yeah. Very yeah. So you have, um, I, d <laughs> I didn't know this was going to turn into like just a whole relationship talk, but it's also not surprising. And I've really appreciated how um, open you've been about this whole thing. Um, how do you, <laughs> this is for me, I guess, with all these like, because I only know what publicly has been portrayed about your, your, your dating life and like the people that you've been with. How do you maintain the desire to even date someone with all of these rough experiences? Because I don't know about you, <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I'm really tired. I was like, I just want to retire. How do you stop yourself? No, not how do you stop yourself? Why do you continue? So I've actually gotten off the app that I was on. Oh, I'm waitlisted on that app and it's BS. Okay. Cause I know, I yes, I know plenty of people who are on that and I have a much larger following than they do. I digress. I don't know. Maybe it's just the Denver area. I'm not sure. It's also like, when you're like on that app, it's like South Africa, Paris. And I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> hello, it's, they shouldn't waitlist people that are in the States. You know what I mean? Because it's like people, I'm like, you're, I, I when am I going to go to Lisbon? Like whatever, like, you know, right. Like this is, <laughs> let's be real. Okay. There's long distance. And then there's that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, so I did get off that. Um, and I think for me, it's just not forcing or not like actively trying to find my person. Like I'm, I've gotten to a place where I'm just really content with who I am and in my own skin. And, um, that feels good where it's like, I don't feel like I like need to be with someone. Um, would I want to? Sure. I love, like I said, I love companionship, but I also like in this moment in my life, like I feel, it just feels really good. And if something, if I meet someone at a wine store or wherever, like then I know that's the divine timing of things. And, um, I'll, you know, I'll take it slow. I'll turtle slow it. But, mm -hmm. um, I, I think, um, for me, like the dating experiences, like I've learned something from every relationship. So, I don't look at it dating it now as like a, ugh, like it sucks and it's so hard. Yeah, it can suck. It can be hard. There can be not good dudes, but I all I've through the good dudes and the bad dudes, I've learned something about myself that I take that out of it. Like that's the piece that I'm like, cool, that didn't work out, but I learned this. Like when I date with someone in LA, like a few months ago, um, 
the date was great. He was a good guy. And I also didn't work out. We didn't want to have a second date, but I also learned something about it. And like, I learned something about myself. And so I think um, that's why I would want to continue is because I think there's still growth in finding out about things that you like and don't like and what you really want. Mm-hmm. You're really inspiring. You you are. Cause I, it's, I'm just, yeah, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I mean, listen, I, I get it. Like, it's so like, it can be exhausting and especially like, and that's, I will say this too, like a part of me, like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to have to retell my story, but it's like, I don't have to, I can go on a first date and not say anything, not say that I've been married before multiple times or not say that I can just kind of like sit there and have a dinner and learn something new about myself and about someone else and see, you know, if, uh, I want to continue on or not. And again, like whether it's a first date or a year relationship, like you're going to learn something and you can grow because of it. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's going on moving forward? You have so many talents, <laughs> like, like, like singing, dancing, acting. Hey, look, you don't have to receive it, but I saw it and, and it is what it is. Okay. So first. you were on that. You got, didn't you get fourth or something like that? Semifinals, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, I would not have been able. Like this season's amazing. I would not. I probably would have, like placed like tenth this season. I, you know, there. Yeah. Anyways, you placed where you placed, and a lot yeah. of people didn't get there. Accept it, okay? You have talent in that way. Okay. Moving forward, like, what are you doing? Like, what's the what's the plan? Um, I'm filming a movie in November. Um. It's a, an action movie, which I'm really excited about because I'm, Ooh. as much as I love the Lifetime Christmas gingerbread uh, festivals, um, I really want to branch out into other areas of film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, and I'm going for like, I'm going to lose money on this film, but that's how bad I'm like, just give me a chance. Like, let me come in and, you know, and, and, and do this. How and do you so- lose money on a film? they're not paying me like what I would normally get paid. Like I'm mm-hmm. this, basically this part was like a local hire, but I was just like, I will come in. So like, it's, I it's, it's where you are. It's in, it's Nashville area or oh, it's in Georgia. So like, I'm going to fly there and, you know, normally like, you know, we get flown and like to the places, but like, I'm like, that's how bad, like, I just, I really want to push myself and have new opportunities and, and grind and, um, so yeah, so I have that in November. Um, and then, yeah, we, we tour the podcast, which is really fun. So we go to, um, we're going to LA in November, um, East coast next year. And then I have, um, something that I've been writing will come out next year, um, at some point. And then honestly, again, my, my, it's like, my focus is to, um, just stay authentic and support my kids, like mm-hmm. speak my truth, stay authentic, support my kids and just do the things that I love. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I mean, love to create. So you what? I love creating things, you know, so yeah. I'm always trying to create something. And again, like the grind, you know, I mean, I have my kids, I pay child support. Like I got to like support. <laughs> so. But I mean, like, I think it was Jonah Hill took a pay cut to do Wolf of Wall Street and it worked out for him. Yeah, he he took like not very much money just to be a part of that film. 
So maybe that's an aspect of what, who knows where it leads for you, but I know it could, I basically told them, I was like, look, I'll do it this time. But like, after that, like, I would like to, you know, be paid what I think you're worth. We all have rates, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm literally like, it's, I will, I will go in the negative and that's fine because I want to like push myself and, and show a different side of me. Yeah. And the wind down podcast is the podcast you're talking about. It seems really like raw and honest. And (laughs) is that, was that like, was this a way for you to like truly express something that is all your own and, and, and do it authentically or like, what, what's the purpose behind doing the podcast? Cause you're already doing so many other things. Um, yeah, I started it like five years ago, Hmm. four, five years ago. So I started it like, you know, not when everyone was in there, but, um, yeah, I just, I wanted just a place to be able to talk. I love interviewing people and, and, um, learning again, it's all for me. Like, like, how can I like learn and grow more? Mm -hmm. And is there like a central theme or is it just every aspect of life? Definitely relationships. You know, we Mm. always have some kind of relationship thread in there. So (laughs) yeah, bring me on. We'll have a talk on your, we'll have a talk about whatever this was, however (laughs) many, however many years ago. And the fact that we're having this conversation, it really is a crazy line of events that led to us reconnecting like 15 years. I can't do it. Don't make me do math. I was never good at math. I won't. Me neither. But it's like, we'll say 15 years. That makes a lot of sense. So if people are inspired by you and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, Kramer Girl. I know I did it when I was 19. It's a bad name, but um, Kramer Girl on Instagram. And then um, it's pretty much it. I remember that that Kramer Girl just triggered a memory. 19, I started that Kramer Girl because it was on my Twitter. And then I don't know. Yeah, I remember it some somewhere well, it was really nice c- reconnecting with you it was really nice reconnecting can we with be you. can we be friends again of course okay that's what i what that that's what i'd like i would sure. love that okay. i would love that well friend 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 <laughs> well thanks friend, for, friend. thanks for being on thank you so much to Jana for being on the podcast it was amazing to catch up with her if she inspired you make sure you reach out to her all of her social medias will be in the show notes as well as make sure you share this podcast rate it review it we also have patreon where you can support it get handwritten letters thank you cards group chats extra podcast and until next week this has been unfiltered friends